The Capital Weekly Podcast is supported by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Funding for the Capital Weekly Podcast is provided by the California Endowment and by TASSEN, the Tribal Alliance of Sovereign Indian Nations. Greetings and welcome to Capital Weekly's weekly podcast. I'm John Howard with Capital Weekly and I'm delighted to have as my guest today Jim Hirwagen from Los Gatos, a successful software entrepreneur, that's what I have in my notes, and Shane McLeod, a campaign strategist, and these two have been working on transparency in government and how to get there. So, Jim, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Shane, welcome. Thanks for letting us be here. Uh, Jim, what uh, when we talked about transparency just before the show, we were talking about uh, legislation versus going to the ballot. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Well, I, I certainly wouldn't... Uh, hold myself out as an expert at either of those, uh, but I would say that uh, we, we introduced a ballot measure in September. Uh, we qualified for the ballot uh-huh. uh, in November, uh, late November, and started gathering signatures. The, the ballot measure uh, broad theme is uh, transparency and disclosure of political money and uh, a number of provisions. Uh, what, what we announced today was that we were ceasing our effort to qualify for the ballot mm-hmm. in November because of a very credible uh, legislative proposal made by Senator Hertzberg and uh, backed by Secretary Alex Padilla uh, regarding the reengineering of Cal Access. So together with two other uh, legislative uh, projects, one of which requires registration of procurement lobbyists, and the other, uh, AB 700, or the California Disclose Act, requires mm-hmm. uh, disclosure of political ad funders. Uh, we think that a, a significant and material portion of our ballot measure is underway with uh, credible possibilities for success, and that the highest uh, value uh, uh, of our uh, proposal is uh, looking like it's in good hands and we can stand down. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, goal here is to, uh, is to track money, make it more politically available, I mean make it more publicly available, excuse me. Uh, and as I understood, it was focusing on nonprofits earlier, the money spent by nonprofits, political money spent by nonprofits, those engage in political activity. Is that yeah, still where uh, we're going? Yeah, yeah. So, I'll give you a, a high level of uh, the the provisions in our ballot measure. Uh-huh. Um, at the highest level, we uh, uh, asserted that Californians should have a right to know the sources of money behind uh, e- elections and and lobbying. And, and implementing laws included a a tracing provision that is the one that I think you're referring to. That tracing provision basically takes uh, uh, political money that is now transferred uh, between nonprofits and then ultimately to a a committee and uh, makes it uh, a requirement that the the original funders of those transfers be revealed at the committee level. If the if the transfers and the the, the contributions are are, are material okay. in large amounts, this is um, an issue that came up in 2012 
with the dark money that came in in state, out of state, back in state. Is this was this sort of the genesis of very very much so? As a matter of fact, our our, our key. Uh, drafter uh, is a man named Gary Winnick, who oh, yeah. you, you may know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gary was head of enforcement at the uh, FPPC. Mm-hmm. And Gary uh, was, along with the Attorney General's office, uh, uh, the prosecutor of mm-hmm. that case, which resulted in disgorgement and the largest uh, uh, fine or settlement mm-hmm. ever. It was a $1 million fine. And that had to do with... Uh, what was known as the Koch Brothers Dark Money Network. Mm-hmm. So in that case, there were uh, a number of transfers into nonprofits that then wound their way through a couple more nonprofits and eventually to uh, an Arizona entity that funded uh, uh, well, uh, funded committees that were against Prop 30 and 32. Mm-hmm. In, in uh, comparison with the contributions that are out there, the conventional campaign contributions and the IEs, increasingly in California, IEs are uh, much more influential than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, in comparison with that kind of spending, is the money that comes through, the political money that comes through the nonprofits, is it on that scale? Well, uh, the, the answer is not yet in 2014, mm-hmm. which is the last period during which reporting is available. But uh, when Gary and I were back in D.C. in November, uh, we met with the Washington Post reporter that covers political money. And she said that she was uh, just overwhelmed by the speed with which, at the presidential campaign level, they had moved from IEs to 501c4 structures as a way of funding the presidential campaigns. And in particular, um, Rubio uh, has uh, a, a majority of funds that are coming through C4s. Mm-hmm. So the, the thought is that when we look back at 2016, we may well see that the majority of money, at least at the presidential level, is coming through these C4 constructs and, and not traceable to the original funder. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shane is a political strategist. Do you, do you get some sense that the public is interested in these kinds of reforms, that the public wants these kinds of reforms, or is it something that political professionals and people up here would like in some fashion? Oh, I definitely think the public is interested in this. I think there's been a lot of deception in the past uh, couple decades. I, the best example I can think of is Prop 37, the GMO labeling oh, yeah. uh, in 2012. Uh, the main reason why that initiative lost by 1% was because of money. $46 million was spent to oppose it. $9 million was spent to support it. Uh, But the secondary reason is they were able to hide behind commercials that said, uh, paid for by coalition against deceptive ads. And you put a pretty family of farmers behind uh, on the screen or on print. And if if they want to come back in 2018 after AB 700 passes – They'll, and, and the same funding comes through, it'll say the top three funders are Monsanto, DuPont, Pepsi. And I think that kind of public awareness is going to help peop, help voters uh-huh. feel like they know who's trying to influence their vote, and it's also going to increase voter turnout. What about, uh, you know, speaking of voter turnout, a presidential year, typically we see a greater turnout than we, we see in off-presidential election years. Um, would having this on the ballot in a presidential election year bode better for it than in another time? 
We don't, we don't really think this is a partisan issue. As a matter of fact, uh, the voter model on our polling shows that the support is across the board. Mm -hmm. Do you think um, in going the legislative route, if you go to the legislature as opposed to going on the ballot to the people, do you have more support or as much support in the legislature? Is there bipartisan support for this, do you think? Yeah, it's, it's a bipartisan issue. Uh, our, our polling on the, the ballot measure uh, as it was summarized by the Secretary of State, and, mm -hmm. and you know that uh, once you introduce a measure, it gets uh, about a 100-word title and summary uh, that the, uh, I'm sorry, the Attorney General mm -hmm. uh, writes. And we did polling on that, and uh, the polling that, in, in, including the, uh, the assessment of uh, tens of millions of dollars of cost to implement, which uh, was, was a heavy estimate, uh, showed that there was 66% uh, in favor of our ballot measure against 21% against. Hmm. So poll very strongly. Um, as it relates to the legislature, uh, my own view is that the legislature Lators and the leaders really do pay attention to these kinds of things mm -hmm. because yeah. they are trying to represent the people. So I don't, uh, well, I think there are a, a number of factors that are not controllable in a legislative proposal. Uh, I think that we'll have strong support in mm -hmm. the legislature. Yeah, and AB 700 has already passed through the assembly, mm -hmm. and I yeah. believe it had uh, full support from the Democrats and it had eight Republicans supporting it. So we, we are encouraged and feel confident that when it gets to the Senate, which mm -hmm. it passed last year through the Senate, but not okay. through the Assembly, so now it's switched, and it, uh, it, it has gotten through the Assembly, bipartisan, and we feel it'll get through the, the Senate as well. There's sort of a historical track record in California that a ballot initiative gets proposed, it gets aired, it gets discussed, and the closer you get to Election Day, the more opposition money comes in and actually getting through, getting it passed is really is typically an uphill, typically an uphill fight on this particular measure. Um, did you see? Did you expect a lot of financial support in favor of it? I mean, apart from the signature gathering, but I mean financial support that would buy it. Did you see a lot of financial support against it? Did you see? A yeah, we, we our 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 strategy with the, the project was really to uh, to win based on. The contents of the ballot measure itself, uh -huh. so that we didn't really have to fight uh, 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 an expensive battle yeah. in terms of uh, the election, and and so we, we do think that we got that done. Um, the only the only and that's evidenced by the the polling numbers I gave you. Mm -hmm. The 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 only evidence of significant opposition was uh, from what you might call. And I, I don't want to be pejorative here, but fringe conservative groups. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, one of them was called the Goldwater Institute, and one's called mm -hmm. the Heartland Institute. And basically, they equivalence disclosure with uh, a diminution of uh, First Amendment rights in that disclosure mm -hmm. is chilling to participation in politics. And uh, that's, an, that's an interesting view. And in some cases, it may well be true. But that said, the Supreme Court addressed that issue directly in the Citizens United ruling in which 
they characterize the benefit associated with disclosure as far outweighing any diminution mm-hmm. of First Amendment rights as it relates to chilling of free speech. Mm-hmm. So that's where we saw potential uh, opposition, but we never got to that mm-hmm. point. Okay. What's the next step now? A bill, uh, bill or bills being introduced? Well, there are three. There are three. Uh, legislative proposals, and, and we're, we've alluded to a couple of them. One is the uh, the reboot, the reengineering of CalAccess. CalAccess, as you know, John, is a, a database run by the Secretary of State mm-hmm. that uh, keeps track of, of contributions to political committees, whether it's a ballot measure or a candidate campaign, and then reports on those. Mm-hmm. And the, the infrastructure associated with CalAccess was conceived in, uh, in the mid-70s with the introduction of the Political Reform Act of 1974. Uh, it's very old uh, technology, uh, uh, client-server technology. People don't even know what that means. There are uh, uh, aspects of the code that are written in languages that people don't uh, develop in anymore, and, really? and, and, and not, not only are they, the people retired, and in most cases they're not living anymore. You should have seen it the way it was before CalAccess, because yeah. yeah. we used to use pieces of paper, yeah. copies of the yeah. filings. Uh, so, so, in any case, this 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 uh, that that legislation sponsored by Senator Hertzberg is uh, uh, SB thirteen forty nine, and. Uh, it's supported by uh, Secretary Padilla, who will be the I- executive responsible mm-hmm. for implementing. And that will be, uh, a- as written, a big way of uh, bringing uh, political money to light for media, for voters, and for campaigns, and make it very easy to use and make the, the information very real-time. The, right. second, the second legislative proposal Shane alluded to is uh, AB 700, mm-hmm. uh, sponsors Gomez, right, and California uh, Clean Money Campaign. Yes, and as uh, 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 something that is is being prosecuted by the California Clean Money Campaign, and uh, this this bill requires the disclosure of uh, funders on political ads, and whether mm-hmm. those are uh, Facebook ads, TV ads, radio ads, print ads, it has. Uh, Specifics around that disclosure. Does it require uh, disclosure for the people doing tweets, for example? That was a big deal here a couple of years ago, and it got beaten back. Paid tweets, paid yeah. the paid Twitterati. What 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 it does prescribe is that the the Twitter page, if you will, yeah. of the tweeter uh-huh. uh, has to have a disclosure. Uh, on it, okay. but not in the tweet itself. Okay. So if John Howard made a tweet uh-huh. about how uh, 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 some certain uh, politician was uh, someone he supported, uh-huh. uh, uh, and, and John Howard were a political committee, uh, then that your 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 Twitter right. presence would have to say funded by, and then uh, the top funders. Yeah. Okay. Well, on that happy note, uh, Twitter. I want to thank you both for joining us today. That was a lot of fun. Come on back anytime. Shane McLeod, Jim Harewalken, thank you very much. Thank Thank you, John. John.